Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining us tonight on Episode 17, Season 2 of The Standoff with Brad and Richie here on New Zealand Sport Radio. We're here live every Wednesday on Facebook throughout the season. Um, unfortunately, Richard's having a bit of technical difficulties, so he's not on with me right now. Um, but hopefully he'll be on very shortly. Um, so I may as well just get into it. Um, it was a week full of one-sided affairs and another disappointing Warriors performance, um, which I'm sure we're going to talk a lot about tonight. So while we're here live on Wednesday evenings at 8pm, you can also catch our show via our podcast on iHeartRadio at your convenience. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. Um, as always, we're going to cover everything you need to know in the week that was Rugby League, including uh, the top stories of the week, a review of the round 15 matches and our picks. We'll then stop and answer some questions from all of you, as well as some questions we have for each other. Um, then we'll preview State of Origin Game 2 and Macau picks before ending the night with a recap of the Super League. So remember to send comments through um, throughout the show and questions, and we may as well get into the top stories of the week. Um, first one I had, um, oh, good evening, Simon, good to see you here. Um, first story I had was Reese Walsh named as fullback for Queensland in State of Origin 2. Um He's the fourth youngest Origin player ever, uh, the youngest in, um, I think it's the youngest in 26 years, and um, the Warriors' seventh Origin rep and the third player to make his Origin debut for the Warriors and the first since 2003. Um, I'm not that surprising, to be honest. Um, I think AJ Brimson was going to um, was going to go and... Um, be the fullback for Queensland, but he got injured in the week. So um, they didn't really have that many options left, and Walsh has kind of been going really well. So um, I think um, it's a good decision. I know um, Phil Gould was a bit upset about them selecting uh, such a young player, and we talked about it last week. I had um, some concerns as well in terms of um, the pressure that might put on him so young in his career. But I think it could also be the opposite. It could really um, give him a lot of experience um, in that type of um, 
atmosphere and be beneficial for not only him but the Warriors as well. So um, Sunday when the game's on, I'll be watching. Very interested to see how he goes. Um, next bit of news. Um, you, oh, in that one, you talk about the sort of the the, uh, the atmosphere and the, the pressure. Um, are we still at sort of partial, partially full state, full, full stadium? So is it, is is it? Will he be? Will he be in front of a full crowd, or will he actually be in front of a, a partially full one? And therefore, uh, maybe there's not as much pressure as would be in a, 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 a sort of a normal Origin game. Um, I think it's full capacity. Um, it's it's in Queensland. I know New South Wales has had a few issues with COVID this week, but I think Queensland's still relatively free. So I'm pretty sure it's full capacity at Suncorp this week. Um, yeah, so Simon's just mentioned Queensland has no restriction. So um, I yeah, I think it'll be full capacity, which will be um, probably the biggest crowd he's ever been in front of in his career. Um, yeah, and, and I guess so, also the the amount of coverage and media attention uh, during the week will be higher than a normal game as well. So again, staying focused on his actual job rather than getting distracted by all of that is, is another thing he's got to learn how to, how to deal with as well. Yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, it's going to be exciting to see him go. And I see um, Simon have put, would Phil be upset if he was playing for the Blues? Um, I I think he would probably still say the same thing, but it probably wouldn't be as aggressive. Um, it's um, he he's got his Warriors cap on for his takes here, and um, I think he's looking for the best interest of Warriors um, and Walsh himself. But um, we've seen this kid come in um, with a lot of expectation on his shoulders and blossom in the Warriors, especially in a Warriors team that hasn't really um, done that well um, as such. So um, I think he'll he'll benefit from it, and I'm looking forward to see how he goes. But uh, the next bit of news, we had um, Ben Eichen has um, resigned from Fox Sport and has joined, um, joined up with the Broncos as the head of football. Um, interesting um, play. I know he's been wanting to go in. We talked about it last year that um, he was applying to be the Broncos CEO, which is a job he didn't get. But um, I think it's it's probably a good move for him. I'm not too sure about NRL 360, which is the show he used to host with Paul Kent. Um, it's going to be interesting um, to see what happens there. I know the show's obviously going to continue. But who is going to replace him um, will be interesting. I know a lot of people are rubbed the wrong way by Paul Kent, and Ben Eichen was kind of the guy that steadied the ship and balanced everything because you usually have Paul Kent and their other guests talking over each other all the time. So he was kind of the referee in there. So um, it will be interesting to see what happens there, um, and I'm sure we'll, we'll find out in the oncoming days. Um, who's going to take over there but the Broncos are in dire need of help and Ben Eichen could be a guy that helps get them back onto the path to go back to where they need to be which is uh, a top eight if not a top four side like they used to always be. Um, next bit of news but unfortunate Nathaniel Roach um, former warrior who's now with the Parramatta Eels had his first game in first grade for the Eels and his bad luck continued as he appeared to dislocate his knee um, he's to undergo scans um, to see how long he will be out for, but it's just another terrible um, 
thing to happen the poor guy he seems to get injured almost every time he returns he's a tremendous player but his body's just not um cutting the mustard for him unfortunately and hopefully um it doesn't hamper him too long and he can get back out there again because I, I really want to see him succeed um because he's definitely showing that he, he's got the heart in him to to be an NRL player he just needs his body to come to the party um Next bit of news, um, Tavita Pangai Jr. was told by the Broncos that he's free to leave the club. There's rumours that the West Tigers are interested in picking him up. Um, it's a bit interesting. I, I know um, we've talked about it on the show that um, Tavita's got his fair share of issues. Um, I'm not too sure um, if it necessarily... Hey, Richie. Hello. About time you showed up. Fashionably late, as always. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so um, I'm just in the news. Uh, I'll let you go over your thoughts on the ones I've covered. So the first one was Reese Walsh being named for Queensland. Um, Phil Gould was a bit upset about it. But um, what are your thoughts? Um, I'm a Blues fan, as you know. So in this instance, I hope... The Blues smash the Maroons, but I hope Reese Walsh has a great game and brings some confidence back to the Warriors. Nicely put. Um, as a Queensland fan, I hope it's the other way. Um, with the same result um, of Reese Walsh bringing some confidence success back to the club. Um, then the, the next bit was Ben Eitken um, joining the Broncos as their head of football. Yeah, they've got to make changes, don't they? They really do because yeah. they're in a... They're in a deep hole. Um, ben Eichen's a, a smart man and Broncos man, so hopefully he can bring some success or help bring some success back to them. Yeah. And um, Nathaniel Roach getting injured again, unfortunately, um, in his first game for Parramatta. Yeah, I saw that, mate. Really upset for Nathaniel. Potentially such a great player, but can't help but thinking this guy is Ben Henry 2.0. Yeah, um, I've, I'm hoping that he comes back from this one stronger. Um, yeah, yeah, it's dislocation, isn't it? So dislocated, yeah, dislocated knee. I think that might hopefully might be a bit easier to bounce back from than if it were, you know, something a bit more serious. But yeah, can only hope for him because he's such a good talent. Yeah, um, and then the bit I was just on when you joined was Tavita Pangai Junior being told that he's free to leave the Broncos and the Tigers are interested. Um, you got any thoughts on Pangai leaving the Broncos? Well, he's a massive talent. Um, and I actually think in the Broncos, he's been going not too bad this year, despite their results being really poor. So it's an interesting one, but I can understand they sort of want to rebuild, rebuild their roster. So, yeah, interesting to see I where feel... he goes, with whether the Tigers pick him up. Yeah, I feel like there might be a bit of the Icon um, influence in here because I know Icon's been very, um, very vocal about um, the type of character Tavita has been off the field. So yeah. I think this might be part of it where they, they want to get rid of that type of player. Like you might be one of our better players right now, but um, off the field, you're not the character we want. Um I think he's getting better off the field. He still has his issues. Um, 
but yeah, maybe moving on is what he needs. So, um, and yeah. the Tigers seem to like trying to grab all the bad boys. So yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense for that me, they're trying to bring him in. For me, he's not the kind of pl- player the Tigers need. You know, they're a bit of a basket case as well at the moment. So they need someone really solid and dependable. And and like you say, uh, Tavita has his has his baggage when it comes to off field incidents. Yeah, and um, I see Simon's got some news about Sky and Spark. I've got that in here. We're going to cover that at the end of the new segment, so we'll we'll wait to talk about that. But we've got a huge stack of Warriors news, um, <laughs> as is always the case. Um, the first one I've got is um, we talked about it last week, but it's now official. Um, Dylan Wadani-Zesniak has officially joined the club, effective immediately um, up until the end of 2024. Um, so he, he can basically... We, we could possibly see him um, next week when the Warriors play the Dragons. Um, I talked about it last week that I was happy with the signing, um, that he adds um, some pace, which is very much needed in the Warriors' back line. What are your thoughts? Yeah, and also versatility. You know, he can he can cover wing and fullback equally well and, and even centre at a stretch. So, you know, the way the game's shaping up and the way our roster's been going injury wise it'll be handy to have somebody like like that in in our roster you know um covers a few different positions if we come up with injuries and you know if he can rediscover that form he had two three years ago uh, with the kiwis when he was named kiwis captain then he'll be a solid acquisition definitely uh, i'll be um looking forward to see him run out there for the first game and see how he goes um on to some more warriors news cody nicarima has um, ruled himself out of playing for the Kiwis in the World Cup this year and is rumoured to be looking at staying in Australia um, and leaving the Warriors at the end of the year. It's a bit interesting for me because we spoke earlier in the year that he um, activated his um, player option for next year. So um, I'm not sure what's changed now. He said it's for family reasons that he wants to stay in Australia um and also had a little bit of a sly dig saying that player contracts don't actually mean anything nowadays and you can just leave um which is something we've been seeing this year with so many players leaving early um out of contracts um it's i don't know how to say this without saying uh sounding completely negative but um cody's been a constant um issue in my reviews that I've been writing this year. Um, I feel like they're not really getting bang for buck for him. And I was secretly hoping that he wouldn't react, like activate that clause. Um, the only thing is they've got to find someone to come in to replace him, um, which is something they're doing at the moment. They're looking at their options. Um, but what are your thoughts on if Nicarima decides to leave? Well, there's something bubbling away there, uh, isn't there? He's obviously... Uh, got something going on behind the scenes. I'm not too sure what, so I won't speculate. But ruling himself out of the Kiwis World Cup squad, to be honest, I would probably have picked Jerome Hughes and Dylan Brown anyway <laughs> in the halves. Um, you know, he, he probably would have made the squad in, in one one way or another. But, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I think he probably would have seen him as the number 14. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And... When it comes to what's happening with his Warriors future, who knows, you know, it looks like we've got, you know, the the powers that be are doing some work behind the scenes to um, find some halves anyway. So maybe that's writing on the wall for him. 
I think so, yeah. Um, and segueing into that, the Warriors are rumoured to be interested in signing Gareth Widdop, which is something we discussed briefly last week. Um, and Matt Lodge now as well has been pulled into the thing. Um, and it, both could be as early as this season. I think the Widdop one has had a bit more development with Warrington saying they don't want to let him go. So it could be a bit like the Sam Tompkins situation where if you want him, you're going to have to pay Warrington a lot of money, which I don't know if the Warriors would actually do. Um, especially like we said last week, I think the writing's more on the wall there. If Widdop does return, it's going to be to an Australian team as opposed to New Zealand. Uh, but it's just a kind of um, watch the space. Um, I keep checking to see any news. But the Matt Lodge one... Um, was a bit of a surprise. I think it was Andrew Voss said it during commentary during the Broncos game um, that he's basically signed, sealed, and delivered. Um, I know there's been a lot of negative reaction to the news. Um, to further add to my my thug image that I'm getting on the show, I don't actually mind the signing. I know he's had um, his fair share of dramas on and off the field, including in that game um, just gone this week. But um, the stats don't lie. He, he's actually a very good front rower and gets a lot of meters, um, can play long minutes and could be a good addition with Adam Fenua Blake for the front row. I wouldn't be paying a lot of money for him. I'd be trying to get him on a bargain deal. Um, the fact that the Warriors recruitment manager is his father-in-law could help sweeten that deal, hopefully, but it could also mean they pay a lot of money for a guy that they don't necessarily need to pay that money for. What are your thoughts on Lodge and his potential signing? Yeah, look, you and I are both old school, so we're probably, you know, thugs from the same place. Um, I don't mind it either. Um, when you look at his game, yeah, he's in a team that's travelling really poorly, but he doesn't take a backward step and he doesn't he doesn't shirk any any action. You know, he on on the ball and on defence, he he tends to put up decent numbers, so uh, I'm not against it, and I think it will just add another bit of, bit of, you know, a bit more starch to our pack, which is still building, so I'm not against it. It's gone a bit quiet, though, the rumours uh, the past couple of days, so yeah, interesting to um, see what happens. Yeah, and um, Andrew Voss hasn't been that accurate with his breaking news this year, yeah. um, so I'm, I'm taking it with a huge grain of salt, Um but as always, I'll, I'll keep my ear to the ground, and if we get more information, we'll we'll talk about it when that information comes around. Um, another bit of worry is signing news, which seems to be gaining a lot more traction um, in the last half an hour. But um, Chad Townsend, a former Warrior, uh, currently signed with the Sharks, um, is rumoured to be joining the Warriors effective immediately. Um, for the rest of the season. He's, of course, signed a three-year deal with the Cowboys from next year. Sharks um, have not been playing him um, due to the fact that he had a, a few poor games and he's not in their future, so they're kind of building for next year already. Um, Daily Telegraph has reported that it's a done deal. Um, there's still no official word from the club, so I still wait, but the Daily Telegraph has kind of been on the money the last couple of weeks with all this um, news when it comes to Warriors players. Um, I've seen a lot of negative reaction to it on social media. A lot of people not happy. Um, I, on the other hand, am very happy with the decision. Um, the Warriors have lost Chanel for the 
the season. They don't have a lot of depth in the halves, and we'll talk about it soon in the review of the game. I don't think either halves did enough for me to put their hand up to say that we're going to take this team to the top eight. Chad is a game manager, which is something the Warriors need. They've got that X-factor spark with Reese Walsh, um, but they need a guy that can actually lead the team around the park, and Chad has done that for years with Cronulla, um, especially when you think Cronulla hasn't been the best type of team. He's always been there to help steer the ship. Um, so I think even though it's just a short deal, it would um, really help the Warriors get some um, structure. Yeah, look, I've seen some of the negative uh, negative feedback on social media too. I don't understand it. Um, we're not looking at a two, three-year deal here. It's to help us out for the rest of the year. And when I look at the game just gone on the weekend, for me, we lost that game. That was on the halves for me. I mean, when you look at the wind we had and then we switched it in the second half and then Newcastle had the wind and you look what their halves did with, with the wind and Clifford and Pierce were making it a nightmare for us. Um, yeah. At least Chad gives you a kicking game, you know, and we didn't see that really at all from our guys and like you say with Chanel out for the season um yeah it, it makes sense to me yeah and Simon um saying guessing this is a short-term contract yeah it's just for this season so it's um there I think it's like 200 grand which is basically what's left on his um Sharks contract they're paying him to bring him in um it's almost like I know people are getting anti about it, but it's essentially the same as last year. Um, it's like, like a loan player. Yeah. It's a loan deal, but we're actually paying as opposed to a team giving us um, a young guy that's not playing at all. Um, we're just going, you don't want to use him. We'll pay him instead of you having to pay him, and we'll take him on. Um, um, it's uh, From what I've read in the Daily Telegraph stuff, Chad and Nathan Brown have been talking about it. I... Uh, I'm not sure about the legality of it, but I wonder if the Warriors have spoken with Todd Payton at the Cowboys as well, because um, I assume the Cowboys would have some interest in what Chad does, because potentially he could get injured, but then he yeah. could have got injured if he was playing for the Sharks as well. So mm. um, it's one of those things. But if it does get named official, um, I um I think it's it's perfectly fine. Um, as you said, it's not like they've thrown a three year deal on him to keep mm. him. I think I might have been a bit um, of a different opinion if it was that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think to to help the Warriors out without um, a lot of halves coverage, um, I think it's the way to go. Suppose it's um, Murphy's Law that um, Haynes Perham and Paul Turner decided they wanted to leave. Um, earlier because this could have been their time except Paul Turner is obviously injured, injured so it wouldn't yeah. have helped him but Haynes Perham could have found himself um, getting first grade as opposed to playing reserves for Parramatta right now um, last bit of Warriors news before we move on um, they're also rumoured to be looking at Kate Cuss from the Sea Eagles um, he's a hooker half for Sea Eagles hasn't been getting a lot of game time he started the year um, getting time for them Um but has kind of fallen out of favour with Manly the last few weeks. 
the last few months. And yes, Simon said it's fine for a short term. Beggars can't be choosers. That's right. I've seen a lot of people saying, why aren't they getting Sean Johnson and stuff? And they seem to not be understanding that it's for this year. So um, you're not going to get a Sean Johnson or an Adam Reynolds or any of those guys right now. You're going to get players that are either very young playing reserve grade or a guy like Sean, um, uh, not Sean, a guy like Chad, sorry, that's not being played due to the fact that he signed with another club and um, the Sharks don't want to use him. So I think in terms of what there is on offer, it's probably the best solution they have because I can't honestly think of another player other than Reese Walsh that you could throw into the halves um, in the mm. Warriors roster right now. If they drop Sean O'Sullivan, you might see um, Surinan playing in the halves, which I don't think makes them better. No, not a fan so, of that. Uh, yeah, but um, yeah, back to Cade Cust. Um, what are your thoughts? I'm actually quite happy with it. There are rumours they were looking at him um, at the start of the season, um, potentially to come into the side next year, and I thought he'd be a good addition. He's a good little hooker and does have that flexibility to move into the halves if needed. Uh, I hope they pursue him pretty hard because, um, yeah, he's a good player. He's had his trouble with injuries as well, which sort of hasn't helped his case this year. But, um, yeah, when he's fit, he's a, he's only young, but he, he'll be a gun, I reckon, having seen him play last year. Um, he he was he went really good guns in Manly last year, even though they struggled, and he was he was one of their better players. So when he, yeah. when he was on the field... Um, but he's an exciting talent, you know, and he, he brings some playmaking and, and a bit of – he's nippy too. So um, anybody that's going to add to our playmaking stocks, I'm happy with that. 100%. And then the last bit of news, it's a two-pronged one. Um, it, they kind of flow into each other. But Spark Sport have um, um, earned the rights um, to broadcast the Rugby League World Cup this year. Um they, I know they've been campaigning hard to get a winter sport. We've talked about that um, on an episode quite a while ago, but they've been really campaigning to get it. And it had me concerned that we could see the NRL move to Spark um, when the deal was um, up, which had me concerned because I only have Sky for, for Rugby League. So um, I'd have to go and invest in Spark. Going to have to do that for the World Cup anyway. But flowing into that news, Sky Sports actually announced as well that they've extended their deal with Rugby League until 2027. Yeah. Um, this covers local football, NRL, NRLW, which is the women's competition, Kiwis, Kiwi Ferns and Origin. And um, I actually pulled up the press release because they had extra information on there. Um, so this enhanced agreement I've got on here, direct quote from them, involves a new level of collaboration with both the Auckland Rugby League and Sky, um, working closely alongside the New Zealand Rugby League to co-invest in initiatives to grow rugby league in the region. So they're actually going to bring, bring some money in and try to develop the local game. And for the first time, selected games during Anzac Round, Magic Round and the State of Origin will also be made available on free-to-air television New Zealand. So similar to what we saw with State of Origin Game 1, how it was played live on Channel 3. So it looks like they're going to be trying to do more of that, um, which I don't know if it'll be on TV3. It'll probably be on Prime, right? Because Prime's part of yeah. Sky. Um, and the NRL are very happy with this new deal, saying it's a stronger deal of the growth that's going to potentially happen in New Zealand, which is something that's sorely needed 
not only for the game but for the warriors as well um and yeah i think it's great um means sky's going to get a bit more money out of me for the next couple of years but um yeah i think it was great because um that's spark have kind of been winning all these battles as of late of um when they've decided they want to go after something sky either hasn't just wanted to pay the money or has just deemed the sport not worthy i kind of had a fear that they were just gonna go as long as we've got rugby union we'll be okay to see they've actually seen um the strength they have in league as well to keep it so what are your thoughts on sky keeping that on and spark also getting the world cup yeah i think it's good good for sky to keep keep the rights to the nrl and everything over over here in nz because you know it's a decent sized market um and it looks like a good deal with the spark picking up the world cup uh yeah that's fine we'll just do a short-term subscription for that tournament um but yeah it's yeah it's spark's been picking up a number of different things but i think i'll i'll invest for a little while for the for the rugby league world cup yeah definitely and um last bit of news i i wasn't going to put it on there but it Oh. Just, just before we, I, I think uh, those free those games on free to wear are going to be massive. Um, yeah, getting get get getting in front of uh, more people uh, is, um, is 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 a very big is is a fantastic move. It's something that we're going to see that we're going to that uh, we're seeing more more people do. I mean, Spark kicks it off by doing the first game, the first cricket game of each series was was on was on free to wear. Mm. Uh, we had an announcement, I think, that uh, this year that. Um, in the uh, Bunnings MPC, in the rugby that they're going to play one one game around is going to be on free to wear. Um, so clearly, Sky has picked up on this that it's a good way to grow your audience if you make some of it available as a taster, and then people actually buy the um, just to see the full thing. So I think it's a great move. Uh, it is interesting how um, with New Zealand rugby being a part owner of Sky, how happy they'll be with Sky trying to grow a rival code. Um, mm right on the desktop, especially as, particularly in South Auckland, uh, league is really taking over um, yeah. uh, in, in, in that kind of space. They did the it free-to-air game on... A... They did the free-to-air game yeah. of State of Origin too, which was quite cool. Hmm. Yeah, and um, it's all part of the Roger package. Um, for the All Blacks and the Blues to get Roger, they had to come to the party with Sky, so it'll, it'll, it's all working out. Um <laughs> But um, the last bit of news before we move on, I wasn't going to include it because it's still very murky, but um, there could be an announcement as soon as next week that Sean Johnson is to join the Bulldogs next year. Um, I know there's been a lot of talk between his manager and the club. Um, I I know a writer that's um, heavily involved with the Bulldogs, so he gets a lot of juicy details. And he was saying basically last week that it's a confirmed deal. I know I, I talked to you about it, Richie, um, off here. Um, I, I want to wait until we've actually heard something, but I think it's a, a great signing for the Bulldogs. Um, if you look into, if he does officially go there, you have um, Sean Johnson and Matt Burton as their halves. Um, but I think that's really good. Yeah, Simon said, I'm not sure about the Bulldogs' finances but I have to work for them. Um, yeah, they seem to be buying everyone at the moment. Um, the yeah. Bulldogs are becoming the Roosters 2.0. Um, but they they need to bring in people. They're, they're, 
they've been struggling for a very long time um, and they need to get players in. I still think they're missing some forwards. I think they need um, they need someone to help um, Luke Thompson. Um, and until they get that, um, you could very much find Sean Johnson stuck in the same predicament he was at the Warriors where he's expected to do all the magic with no um, no backing up from his forward pack. So um, could be tough for him. I was still softening on the idea of the Warriors trying to lure him back, but I think there's still not enough water under that bridge. Um, on Sounds more on the Warriors' side because Sean seemed very keen to come back. So um be a great deal for the Bulldogs. What are your thoughts on that? I agree with you that they, they still seem a bit lackluster in the forwards. They've got a couple of good individuals in there, but you never really see the Bulldogs dominating other packs. But if they sign Sean Johnson, uh, Johnson and Burton are a serious upgrade on uh, Wakeham and Avarillo as a house pairing. Um, you know, they might win a few more games next year on that alone. Yeah, and um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Kyle Flanagan because um, he was kind of brought in there to be like the yeah. the settled half and he, he's kind of just fallen away and it, he could potentially be on the outer with yet another club. Um, yeah. Unfortunate for him, he does have a lot of talent. I just think he's kind of like we've seen with a lot like Reese Walsh and a lot of these other young guys where there's a lot of pressure throwing them on early and it seems like he hasn't been able to um, cope. I can't speak for him personally, obviously, but he doesn't seem to have coped with that pressure so early on. Um, but, yeah, hopefully we see something happens with him um, either at the Bulldogs or at another club that picks him up. Then um, that that's it for the news. We, we've gone for half, half an hour on the news, so <laughs> we may as well get into um, the Round 15 games. So we'll start with... Um, the first game, which was Friday night, we saw the Rabbitohs defeat the Broncos 46-0. Uh, not really much to say <laughs> about this game. Uh, what, what, are you, what did you think of this game? You want me to take it, take over? Let's, okay, yeah. so yeah. Oh, this was the first of a bunch of floggings this weekend. <laughs> um, the Broncos, yeah, once again, looked to shambles. Um, the Rabbitohs did to them... You know, they did to them whatever they wanted to, really. Um, it's really, again, I've spoken about him at length a bit in the past few weeks, but Cam Murray, what a difference he makes to them. Um, he does it all, you know. He, he he doesn't, he does the work of a forward and, and he's got strong hit ups and, and really quick play of the ball, but then he's almost like another halfback. His ball playing is yeah. unbelievable for, for a forward, you know. So, um, you saw a lot of tries that they scored was off great work from him. And, and I think he even put a grubber through for a rep, repeat set and, and made the tackle to ensure a repeat set. So all that from a, from a middle forward, it's pretty impressive stuff. Um, and then all the usual suspects were very good as well. What did you think? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think Cameron Murray um, was, was fantastic. And I think Cody Walker had one of his better games in a while too. Um, yeah. It looked like it was a training run, um, which is probably going to be a, a quote we're going to use for majority of the games this week. Um, mm. But I think for the Broncos, um, I was looking at their 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 attacks not good. Um, it hasn't been good for a while, but it's their defense that's killing them. I was looking at the stats 
Um, they've conceded 176 points in the past four losses and 242 points in the last six weeks. So um, when you're getting that many points against you, it doesn't matter if they magically turn their attack around. They're just not going to win games. Um, Brisbane, uh, little asterisk next to it, they weren't helped. Um, they had three players that failed their HIA. So um, they, they were playing poor, and then they had a one-man bench, um, which doesn't make it any easier. But um, they're laughably awful, I think is what I would say. And um, Kevin Walters came out in the media this week and said that the Broncos are going to win a premiership in the next three years. And I, it sounds like... <laughs> It's a, it sounds like a desperate um, quote from a, a guy that's seriously in jeopardy of losing his job in his first year. Yeah. Um, I um, don't see how the Broncos can win a premiership um, in the next five years, let alone three. They said that about Seabold too, I'm pretty sure. The, the, the thing is, um, now you after that game, you're also hearing murmurings of uh, the players – um, not taking to Kevy Walters too well, and and maybe he's lost the dressing room, and then he's come out to put that fire out. So, yeah, there's a lot wrong at that club at the moment, eh, Brad? I, I don't, I don't see them getting out yeah. of it anytime soon. One of the things that concerned me um, with those rumours about the losing the locker room is apparently um, an inside source has said that when when Walters is giving like his his coaches talk. Um, at training and the like that some of the the players are actually walking out of the meeting before he's finished. Um, that's a huge grain of salt because I'm obviously not in the, uh, the, the environment to see it firsthand. But um, if that is even remotely true, that's a huge concern. And um, yeah, I don't know. He, I wasn't very keen on him getting the job in the first place. I didn't no. see, like he seems like a very great guy, but I didn't get a lot of confidence on him as a coach when he was coaching Queensland, mm. and I didn't, I didn't see it. It reminded me a bit of Bluey McLennan, um, when Bluey McLennan was great for the Kiwis, and he, he's a very emotional coach. And I feel like these emotional coaches that try to like get something from inside of their players is great for short spans, but not for a, a you know six month season type deal um that eventually all that talking and trying to get everyone up um, emotionally doesn't work um which we're kind of seeing here it seems like the broncos are going downhill instead of up um which is kind of hard to believe given how poor they are um or yeah. how poor they were last year the fact that they're even worse now is, is a huge concern yeah i feel like this signing kevy walters as a coach was more of a move to try and appease the um uh... Broncos old boys, um, yeah. He doesn't ha he doesn't have the credentials of a um, you know of the better coaches in the NRL and and the rot runs deeper than hiring Kevy Walters to fix it. You know that I mean you see it you see what them trying to put put out the fires now and and some people higher up moving on and bringing on Iken. So yeah, they have to do some serious work there. Yeah, and this this is all recorded. So if they win a premiership in three years, I'm sure someone will find it and say you were wrong. <laughs> but, um, I just don't see it. And the Rabbitohs, before we move on, um, they're hitting their strides again. They had a few bumps in the road with their games against Penrith and Melbourne. 
um, but they're starting to get back into that um, really confident attacking side that we've seen. They mm. just need to do what they did here. They need to replicate when they're playing those top six teams in the competition. Um, if they come out and they play a, a top tier team and they go backwards, it just shows that they're they're bullies um, that can pick on these poor little teams at the bottom of the ladder. And um, yeah, Simon said coaching a rep side is different to coaching your club side. It's a different yeah. set of skills. Yeah, it's completely different, um, which we've seen with a lot of coaches that haven't made the transition. Um, it's a marathon, not but, a sprint. Yeah, and um, I'm not sure, I as much as I don't think Kevin's cutting the mustard there, I can't really pick a coach to come in and fix them either. So yeah. Um, he, he will probably have the job for a little bit longer, but I think if they don't start seeing improvements um, next season, I think he could be on the chopping block. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Um, next game, um, we we got a bit 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 more of a closer fought encounter, and the only tip that we had different, and I was lucky with this one, but the Sharks um, came out victors twenty six twenty four over the Cowboys. Um, Sharks, it was their fourth win in a row. Um, yeah, but it wasn't a it wasn't a pretty game by any means. Um, I think they the coach even came out and said the Sharks players were disappointed, even though they won, they were disappointed in how they played um very yeah it was very um messy um both teams weren't really playing their best but um yeah. i think sean johnson once again um he had another good night he kicked five from five um at the kicking tee and that ended up being the difference for them um there was a controversial simbining to reese robson from the cowboys um in fact there was actually news after the game that the NRL, um, the, the head of the refereeing actually spoke to the ref and basically asked what he was doing um, because it was the wrong call. Um, doesn't help the Cowboys now, but I don't know if they would have got the win anyway, but they did make it close. Um, both teams still have a lot of work to do if they want to be in the top eight, though, I think. Well, the Sharks going four and the trot is going a long way to putting them back into contention for the finals because I think a, a few weeks back, you and I would we're probably writing them off almost. Um, yeah. But you can't argue with four in a row, you know I mean? And they're beating teams who are around them on the table, which is from a Warriors fan's point of view, I wish that's what we were doing. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I was going to zero in on that that sim binning as well because that was, that was poor. I mean, that's another one where 
Um, the Sharks player almost, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what happened there, but he's fallen forwards into the tackle and its he's been collected basically knee high. So, so I don't know yeah. what else uh, Reese Robson was meant to do. You, what do you reckon? What's he meant to do there? Yeah. Yeah, we, we probably could talk about it in every game. Then the very next game there was basically an identical one where um Yeah. Takiyahu. Um, that, yeah, Takiyahu um had the same exact situation and they've basically come out afterwards and said no, it was the wrong call. So I'm hoping that with these not they're not apologies um to the players, but I'm hoping that it's gonna show that there's gonna be a bit more common sense mm. in that type of thing. Um, I I still like we've said, and despite my opinions on the show, um, contact to the head does need to be addressed, and I have no problems with sim binnings for a thug contact. But when you have guys slipping over and in the split second going from where they are to way down when a guy's already committed to the tackle, um, I think there needs to be leniency there. Even if they yeah. want to go as far as penalising them, going, look, I know it was a complete accident, but we're penalising you for this here. I think that's at least a step in the right direction. But sending guys off for something that happens even fast when you're looking in super slow-mo um, needs to be addressed. Yeah, it's yeah. Um, especially in the conditions we saw in the weekend where yeah. um, it was raining cats and dogs um, and people were slipping over everywhere. But, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know what to make of the Cowboys at the minute, though. Um, you know, a few weeks ago, they were the ones winning sort of three three on the bounce, and, and now they've gone, they've taken a 50-point hiding and then lost to the Sharks in consecutive weeks. So, yeah, they're a bit hard to yeah. get a gauge on right now. I think they're just making poor decisions on attack and are missing some X factor. Um, yeah. I think if they had a little bit more spark and attack, they could actually trouble some of these teams but they're another team in that middle of the pack, which is really helpful as a Warriors fan if they keep um, dropping games here um, mm. because the Warriors are going to need all the help they can get, if I'm really honest. Absolutely. But, yeah, it's it's at least keeping the middle of the ladder competitive and interesting. Um, yeah. But that takes us to the next game, which was – one of the games I had earmarked as game of the round for me, which was the Panthers defeating the Roosters 38-12. Um, Panthers back in the winner's circle after having a, a fortnight of feeling what losing's like. Um, and I think um, Nathan Cleary was just at another level in this match. Um, it's scary how good this kid is. Um, I think he's well on the way to becoming one of the best ever, despite being relatively young and early in his career. I think... Um, he was just causing plenty of hiccups for the Roosters. Um, the Roosters did start well. Um, they were even leading 12-6 at a time, but then the sim binning of Takiyahu, as we just said, um, unfairly as it was, um, yeah. it kind of gave the Panthers a chance they needed to get back in the game, and then they just never looked back. Um, and I think I, I said last week, I said um, this game was going to be a true test of how the Roosters are with their depth um, or their lack of depth right now. Um, it was going to be a true indicator how good, because they've been playing quite well. I think they were valiant in this game. Um, we've seen teams um, that are probably better on paper get 40, 50 points put on them by the Panthers. Um, mm. 
but Penrith just have too many threats over the park. And I think the the Roosters are still going to be a playoff team, but I don't think they'll last long in the playoffs just due to the 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 amount of players they have missing. Yeah, I tend to agree with you on that point. Um, but this game for me just highlighted how important Nathan Cleary is to the Panthers and and Luai, but but Cleary for sure. I mean, watching him play this game, the kicks he was doing, uh, I think he set up a try to Crichton off, off a grubber, which was early in the count, which was just a, a beautiful kick. And the the force... The forced line dropouts. He was his kicking game was, you know, it's early to put put this kind of praise on him, but it was like watching uh, Andrew Johns. Um, that's what he used to do. Um, yeah, th- this kid's crazy, um, and it's no wonder they're winning all the games they are with with the kind of form he's now displaying. Yeah, yeah, he's fantastic player, and um, yeah, what might have been if. Um... The Warriors had an let Nathan, uh, Ivan Cleary go all those years ago. Nathan <laughs> Cleary most likely would have been a Warrior since he was living here and playing in Ellerslie. Um, but um, yeah, it's um, yeah, fantastic player. And I see Nigel saying his internet's really bad, and you'll catch the replay. Cheers for joining us. Why you could, Nigel? Yeah, hey, um, Nigel. We'll go to the next game, which was probably the game we're going to talk the most about. But the Knights <laughs> defeating the Warriors 10-6. Um, for me, um, before I let you you start, it was just a frustrating game um, for me to watch. It was horrible weather, and both teams played badly. Um, I think I still would have been disappointed even if the Warriors had won. Um, it just, yeah, it was really a, a soul-sucking game for me, but I'll, I'll let you take the floor before I make everyone um, sad. Soul sucking is the perfect way to describe that one, Brad. Um, yeah, I mean, I know the conditions were really terrible, and there was rain, and and the wind was crazy. But yeah, we we just didn't look like scoring. I mean, our one try came off a eighty meter sort of off a error where you and Aitken scooped it up. But um, yeah, what happened? Uh, <laughs> The, the way we played in the first half, and I think I was messaging you saying, I, I hope we don't get flogged here when we turn around into the wind. We didn't end up getting flogged because, I mean, the Knights are a bit of a shambles themselves. But at least Clifford was putting up huge bombs and, and making use of that, that wind advantage, and he made um, he made life really hard for Reese Walsh under a few of those bombs. Um, but, yeah. yeah, it was a tough watch, mate. And the thing is... Um, we're dropping a lot of these games now against teams who are around us and, and close games. I think that's twice to the Knights now. We did it twice to Manly, um, once against uh, Cowboys. Cowboys. So that's at least 10 that's... competition points right there where we, we could have been right in the mix, um, but we're just yeah. letting ourselves down. What did you think? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, they had their attack was um, was woeful. Um, they, they looked... There's basically three moments in the game where they looked like scoring. There was the one where they did score with you and Aitken scooping the the loose ball and running the length of the field. Before that, you had Reese Walsh um, run 60, 70 metres after catching a bomb um, and almost scoring. And then there was also one where we put a kick up and Reese Walsh almost grabbed it. 
over everybody and was inches away from scoring. But apart from that, they didn't really look like scoring. And I think the worst moment in the game for me was after they scored that try, um, they let the kickoff bounce and then got tackled in their own yeah. goal. Which I've never seen that before. I've never seen mm. a team tackled in goal straight from a kickoff after scoring. It kind of just showed how messy they were. I came into the game a bit confident that Sean O'Sullivan would step up and play well. He didn't. Um, he played really bad, which is probably mm. the reason why these this news about Chad Townsend's come up because he clearly showed that he can't fill in for Chanel week in, week out. He might he might have come out against the Dragons next week and played a lot better, um, but you need someone that you can rely on every week, which is something they don't have. Well, he's been playing and, pretty well in the level below, I, I think, hasn't he? But I think it shows has, the difference. It shows the difference because a, I think he had one where he, he grubbed to himself on the fourth tackle and then another one where he's caught on the fifth, um, just caught dead with the ball. Um wasn't the flashiest night for him. No. Um, and, yeah, their defense was horrible as well. They missed 43 tackles in this game um, against yeah. a team that wasn't playing well in the attacking sense. So um, when you're dropping that many tackles against another poor team, it's just re- it's just horrible. A uh, brief highlight I want to have is Taniela Otokolo. He made yeah. his debut. Um, I think he looks, he looks promising. He is a renowned runner of the ball. But we didn't get to see that. Um, the weather didn't help that. And I think if you, you see a, a bit better weather, you might see um, some time out there where he gets to run a bit out of dummy half. But he did enough to show me that he should be in the 17 every week for the rest of the year, um, even if they're bringing him on to give Jazz or Wade Egan a spell at hooker just mm. to keep it fresh. But, yeah, I think they've definitely got another young talent on their hands. Um and, yeah, hopefully we get to see a bit more out of them in the upcoming weeks. But um, the Knights have kept their season alive with this win, and the Warriors have put themselves into more trouble. Um, they they really need to get some wins together, um, and unfortunately they have some big games coming up, which will make it worse. Yeah. Should we let this one go, Brad? Should we move on from that one? It is it's pretty painful. So. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that will take us to the Dragons defeating the Raiders 22 20. Um, these bloody Dragons, um, <laughs> I, I just I, I can't I can't pick them. Um, every time I go to write them off, they come out. I had I would have put all my money on the Raiders winning this game. I thought the Raiders have been poor, but they got that win last week, and I thought we'll start seeing them click into gear, and especially against my wooden spooners, the Dragons, I thought they would have done it. Um, But, yeah, the Dragons just – it was basically the Raiders we've seen for most of this year. They played really well first half, really bad the second. And um, Ben Hunt and the unwanted Corey Norman kind of had the games of their lives here. Um, Ben Hunt obviously had origin to play for, and I think um, that's why you've seen he's made made the cut this week, and he got them a 40-20. And then Corey Norman um, got a try to win the game. Um, They weren't perfect, the Dragons, but they played exciting football, which is what you need to do against struggling teams. You play some exciting, positive football, you're going to get the rewards. And, yeah, the Raiders, I've got nothing much to say. I don't know how they're going to improve right now. Yeah. 
Uh, that 40-20 that Hunt kicked too, that was almost like a 20-10. That was a huge one. Mm. And I think much like the Warriors game, you know, it was a very windy conditions and, and the Dragons, sort of, again, their Dragons house used it a bit better. Um, the Raiders, I think a couple of weeks back, I, I had sort of had the pencil out and was putting a big line through their name for the year. Um, then they had a win last week, so I was pulling the eraser out for that but no uh, i think i'm pulling the pen out this time um yeah yeah they they keep doing this mate and i don't, I don't know if they're going to stop doing it it's they're they're blowing halftime leads with alarming regularity yeah exactly yeah so not much more to say about that game um there i still don't i don't see either of these teams making the eight um, I still think the Dragons will fall out, but I've been saying that every bloody week and they keep staying in there. So um, we'll, we'll watch this space, but we'll go on to the last game on Saturday. This one was really disappointing and really exciting at the same time for me. Uh, the Storm defeating the Tigers 66-16. to 16. Um, I was looking forward to it because I was ready to watch Ken Mamalo in his first game for the Tigers. I was excited to see how he'd go. And... Um, it was a murder. Um, it was a massacre that we're watching. The Storm were leading 40-0 at halftime. Um, and they slowed down a bit in the second half, and the Tigers got a couple of tries in in the back end of the game. But at that point, the Storm had already... Harry Grant was off the field. Brandon Smith was completely out of his gear because he had a little bit of a niggle. They were playing with like a, a limited bench and just going through the motions because the game was over. Um scary it's the um most points scored by a team this year now and um the storm is still my pick to go all the way i think that they are they are very dangerous especially when you have ryan pappenhausen probably back um as early as next week or the week after this game was put to bed in almost 10 minutes wasn't it 10 to 20 minutes this game was put to bed um not, not much to say about the Storm because they've been doing this every week for the past at least nine, ten weeks now, uh, maybe more. Um, and they've been putting big scores on everybody. Um, it's more what the Tigers did or didn't do. The Tigers were really poor. Some of the errors, just just schoolboy errors. And and I know you've you've been back in the Moy bit this year, Brad, saying at least they have a dig this game. It almost looked like they weren't having a dig at all. And and yeah, I think you could see it on and. And Madge Maguire at halftime, he he basically didn't give them he the left. halftime. He left. He said, "You guys are men. Yeah. You sort it out." Um, you could see he looked fed up. Um, and yeah, they did put a couple of tries on in the second half, but the game was gone by then, wasn't it? And who can stop the storm? I think you said that you might you're picking to go all the way, but gee, can anybody yeah. stop them while they're playing like this? I don't even know if the Panthers would stop them. Yeah, I'd be interested to see the Panthers and the Storm play right now. I would still put my money on the Storm. I the Panthers are great, but um the Storm are just they Penrith have threats all over the park. The Storm are just threatening in every position. Mm. Um I it's hard to pick a player that you go that guy's not really up to scratch. They're all playing well and then you think of guys like Nico Hines uh Ringins right now. Um replacing the the guys that like their own Pappenhausens and stuff. They have yeah. essentially two of the best hookers in the competition are playing there. Um, and yeah, Simon's there. I do wonder if the Storm just have, uh, yeah, I don't think they've lost to the Sunshine Coast. Um, 
it'd be great if the Warriors were doing the same at Central Coast. But um, the Storm's newfound home, um, they are just on fire there and really love playing there for some reason. But I think you, you could put these guys on the moon and I think they'd still be doing yeah. what they're doing. Um, they're just a scary team. It's scary how good Penrith and Melbourne are compared to everyone else. Um, we, we've been saying it all the time that there's a definite um, break between them and the rest of the competition, but I think we're seeing it every week. And it's scary um, what the Storm are going to do. Thankfully, the Warriors have played them enough now. Uh, <laughs> we don't have to play them again. Um, but, yeah, it's actually scary to think um, when Ryan Pappenhausen's back and that how, how, how much bigger these scores could end up being. Um, especially, I think they do still have a few games against teams that are in like the bottom four coming up too. Um, so very scary. Um, I don't know what to say about the Tigers, but I, at least I don't think they can get any worse. Um, mm. But yeah, that takes us to the first game on Sunday, the Eels defeating the Bulldogs 36-10. Um, Eels, I think, started poorly. They ended the first half with only 65% completion rate. Um, and behind on the scoreboard 10-6, but um, they just got themselves back into the game in the second half and played like we expect to see them play. Um, they were assisted by a penalty try, um, but yeah, I thought they played well. They also had a young guy, a 19-year-old, um, Sean Russell made his debut and scored a double. Um, I think he, he scored both tries in the space of like two or three minutes too, um, which not just for the Eels, but I think the amount of exciting youngsters we're seeing popping up this year in the NRL um, is is very good and um, shows the future, how, how bright the future can be um, with some of these other guys getting a bit long in the tooth and leaving. You've got this young guy, Reese Walsh, who I talk about every day, um, Sam Walker. There's a lot of young guys out there. Um, Dane Laurie from the Tigers too. Um, it's really good seeing these youngsters. Um, but, yeah, for the Bulldogs, they show glimpses of what they can do. Um, but ultimately, they just don't have enough talent right now um, in the right positions to be competitive. What do you think? Yeah. Well, that first half was really tightly contested. Um, and I think Napa got – he went over and got his first try, I think, in two, three years, I think it was. And when he first got to the Bulldogs, I think he scored in his first two games and then he's had nothing since then, so that's good for him. But I think it was more down to the Eels being poor and making a lot of mistakes. Yeah. You know, you saw once once they clicked, um, it was only ever going to be one, one result, I think. You know, they were way too classy for the Dogs. Yeah, definitely. And, um, yeah. The Eels, they won't be happy that they only won by 26, but they got the win, and um, they just need to start this one. Um, but it's yet another team that has the potential to put cricket scores on everyone, which mm. is further showing that basically the NRL is a four-man race between... Well, you could fight for five with the team we're going to talk about next, but Penrith, Melbourne, Rabbitohs, and Eels are kind of like the four teams right now. And the fifth is the team that won in the last game of the round, the Seagulls, where they wiped the floor with the Titans 56 to 24. Um, Crazy game. Another blowout. Yeah, another yeah. blowout. Um, for me, I think Tommy Turbo, um, he wasn't the only guy that made an impact, but he definitely um, was involved everywhere. Um, 
what do you think of this game? Um, it was crazy, mate. Um, I didn't see that first half coming, <laughs> to be fair. Yeah. I, I think the Titans were 100% completion rate, 24, was it 24-6 or 24-8? They were all, all over me. Yeah, I mean, they were dominating. I know a couple, they getting tries off kicks though, but um, yeah, the Titans, their defense came back to haunt them like we've been talking about. I mean, how do you build a nice lead like that? It's almost Raiders-like. But then the amount of points they conceded in the second half was crazy. Um, but yeah. the Sea Eagles have been on a purple patch, so I think the second half was more the real Sea Eagles rather than the first half, and, and Tommy Turbo does what he does. But I think the past couple of weeks, um, Dylan Walker coming off the bench as a number 14, he's been playing really well for them as well. Um, their halves were good, but Dylan Walker's a nice addition now that he's, now that he's playing and, and coming off the bench. He's had a he had a hand in a fair few tries and he was looking good again. What yeah, did you make of Ruben the game? Garrick, yeah, yeah, Ruben Garrick, I think, played well as well. Scored oh, yeah. four tries. Um had a shocker He's, with the boot though. Um, yeah. at one point he had scored more tries than conversions that he had kicked. Um He's but, a decent um, nick though. He's, he's a decent, a decent nick. nick. And yeah. Yeah. And yeah, Tommy Turbo, he scored a hat trick as well. Um he set up three tries. Um he was just a nuisance everywhere, and they, yeah, the Titans. We we said it last week, probably every week um, of the season, basically. But they don't know how to defend, and their game plan of outscoring their opponents um, is going to work some weeks. Um, when you're against a team like Manly, that type of plan doesn't work. As we saw, they yeah. they got themselves a lead. They were comfortable at half time, and then yeah, it was forty eight nil in that second half. From that's crazy um that's crazy you can't um you can't turn off um i don't care what team you are and who you're playing you need to play for 80 minutes because every team can do that or not every team can do what manly did in that second half but if you give any team in this competition a sniff um they will um give you a run for their money we've seen it even teams like the warriors who haven't been that great They've had second half comebacks this year where they've either come really close or they've overtaken the team. Um, so yeah, if you get a good lead at half time, you've got to keep building it and stomping out any chance that the other team gets. So yeah. until the Titans learn that, they're in trouble. So um that's round fifteen. And um our picks, I got six out of eight because I picked the the sharks over the cowboys. And you're five out of eight because we both got the Warriors game wrong All and square the game. Raiders game. We're, so, All yes, square. Um, we're now 82 out of 116 each. Um, we're seeing the ladder there. Um, Melbourne's still at the top. Penrith right behind them. Um, Parramatta and South's third and fourth. The Roosters are still stuck in um, fifth. Manly in sixth. We, we haven't really seen a lot of change. Really. It looks almost identical to last week. Um, St. George and the Sharks have stuck in the uh, the top eight due to getting those wins. Cowboys just on the cusp at nine. Canberra at 10th despite the loss. The Warriors are staying at 11th despite the loss. Uh, Newcastle came up to 12th after their win. Cowboy, uh, Cowboys, Titans are 13th. Tigers are 14th. And the Bulldogs and Broncos are 15th and 16th. Um, Tigers, I think, are lucky after that smashing. I thought they might have dropped due to points differential, but they've got enough wins 
to yeah. keep them a bit comfortable. Um, it's where are we drawing the line? Are we staying with 11th? It's or? tough to draw the line. I mean, like we're still a win away from that, from the top eight, but yeah, Cronulla are the big movers for me. When you look back a month now, now they're back in and right back in contention, but it's yeah, it shows how tight on, it is. Yeah, it just depends who takes the ball by the horns and starts winning. And and we've got some winnable games, but we've got to stop dropping our winnable games because we've dropped a few of them now, you know, and it's, we're making it hard on ourselves, mate. So I'd, yeah. I'd still go to 11, 12, uh, you know, in theory, any of those teams start winning a few games on the trot and you're right back in, you're right back in the hunt. But the way Gold Coast have been playing, I don't see them doing it. Yeah. So from um, them down, I think. Yeah, that that's fair. I think in the next couple of weeks we'll we'll start seeing a gap start to eventuate because there are a few teams that are playing each other, which will yeah. um, create a bit of a gap, and um, then we might be able to be a bit more confident in where we draw a line. Because yeah, I feel like every time we draw a line at the moment, we're having to change it the next week due to the um, the current results. So yeah. um, yeah, that's. That's the table. Um, are there any questions from anyone out there, Paul? Yeah, I'm going to throw one at you guys. We've had a whole oh, bunch of... Well, <laughs> <laughs> we've seen have kind of blowouts most weeks. Uh, is this a sign that the salary cap isn't working in the NRL or is, is this a sign that just isn't enough talent out there and therefore when the, is, uh, should they really be thinking about expanding to another team in Brisbane, etc.? To be honest, I think it's just down to the new rule change. Um, I think the the six agains is what we're seeing. You'll see a team will get a lead, get six agains and build momentum, and it's really hard to turn that momentum in your favour if you're behind because generally when you're behind, you're, try, you're, you're kind of testing those rules a bit more to try to get yourself back into the game, and every time you get pinned, it's another six again. And... Um, the pressure just mounts. Um, and I think once you get on that role and the ref's kind of on your side, yeah, so Simon's agreeing, he says he thinks it's due to the new rules. I think if they relaxed it, you think like they changed the rules a bit last year, but there weren't as many blowouts. And some would say that um, Penrith and the Storm were just as good last year as they are this year. Um, I think that rule is the change. If they came out tomorrow, which the NRL are most likely knowing to do, and say we're changing the rules again, um, you might see tighter um, scores. I've also seen rumours that they're potentially thinking about changing kickoffs, but they're backpedalling a bit because of the amount of rules. At the moment, if you score, um, you get the ball back, and they're wanting to change it to if you score, you have to kick. But they, that I don't think is going to happen anytime soon because they are really aware that they've changed everything this year and they don't really want to add more. Um, yeah, and Simon said some teams before the pandemic were built with more bulky forward pack and the rules changed. Yeah, the, the new rules have completely changed the game and who you need. Having your big boppers up the middle used to be the golden rule. As long as you had a big forward pack, they would steer the way. And now it's these smaller guys that are really making headway um, in the game. And, yeah, I think there's more than enough talent. We're seeing the amount of young talent coming through as well. Um, it's just, yeah, I think the rules are not helping um, 
helping anybody unless you're the ones getting the advantage at the time. Do you think, uh, so are we seeing, have you seen some players slim down from last season to this season and, and change their sort of strength and conditioning? Um, not yet. Um, just seeing some players that might not have been getting the chance last year. Um, you're seeing a few more teams going with two hookers on the field at the same time and the second hooker becoming the lock instead of having a yeah. big lock. And um, some of the more mobile props making a headway into it instead of having your big like Andrew Fafita is probably a good example. Andrew Fafita has basically disappeared because he is one of those old big props that runs and gets you all your meters, but is a lot slower. And you're seeing him disappear and having more young, vibrant players come out. Um, sad to see as a as a former prop, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be out there um, because of um, that's not my style. Um, not that I would have been out there before. But um, <laughs> there's a number of reasons why you wouldn't have been out there. But that's. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the boots are still there, Cameron George. If you're watching, I, I, I can come back. <laughs> But you see it in State of Origin and rep, and rep selection too now. Uh, you see New South Wales picking somebody like Cam Murray out, out on an edge as an edge forward, where traditionally you might pick a larger, more dominant sort of body, you know, physique-style player. But um, Cam Murray's not exactly a huge bloke, but he's very mobile with ball playing. And, and yeah, I agree with Brad. It's just the way the, the rules are sort of dictating the game at the moment. Uh, no other questions from the, uh, from the from the live chat. Cool. So I've been talking too much, so I'm going to ask you a question to you, Richie. Um, yeah, cool. It's about the Warriors, as always. But um, what changes would you make to the Warriors so that they make the eight this year? Can we make the eight this year? Wow. Um, it's a tough one, Brad, because, I mean, on talent, yeah, we we should be right in the hunt, but we have had a lot of injuries in, in key areas like Chanel dropping out. So we haven't had a lot of continu continuity in our halves. And um, so now the talk, I'm not sure if it is over the line now with Chad, I, from all reports it is. He could help, but also maybe it's a disruption, you know, all the chopping and changing. But he brings a lot of experience. If he does, I'm all for it. And I, I'd be starting him halfback. Um for the rest of the season, if he's able to and stays injury free, um, we need. We've got pieces in the in the right places. Like Co we need just need more output from some of them, like Cody. Cody Nakarima is an example. Um, I'd keep Reese Walsh at fullback, and if we get Dylan, we do have Dylan Watini Zalesniak, so I'd pop him on a wing. Roger on a wing, but. I'd be telling Roger, don't stay on that wing. Um, go hunting for that ball, almost like Tommy Trevojevic did in, in State of Origin where he was playing uh, right centre, but he was popping up everywhere on the left side yeah. as a ball player. Um, that's what I'd be telling Roger. Roger, need, if he plays wing, he needs, still needs the hands in his ball a lot, his hands on the ball a lot. So I'd be telling him, don't don't wait out there. Um jump in as second receiver or, you know, on the block plays and do some playmaking. Um, and we, we need some output from our forwards. It's not like we can make a lot of changes, but um, seeing quite a few games where our forwards aren't breaching 100 metres run, um, 
we get a lot of consistent output from Tohu, and he was one of the shining lights on the weekend for us. You know, he always does his bit, but hopefully, um, Adam Fenua Blake, um, with more game time, does what he's able to do. We know it's in him. Um, so kind of went around a long way there, Brad, but I don't think there's a yeah. lot of personal changes we can make. We just need more output from the guys. Yeah, so um, while you rambled for half an hour there, um, <laughs> I I got an email from the club. Um, Chad has been announced as signing, so we do cool. have Chad. Um, cool. Yeah, he's it says, yeah, he's joined for the rest of the 2021 season and will be available to play against the Dragons in the next round. So, um, yeah, there you go. So we, we, we talked about it being should be official but hasn't been announced the club's announced it now so um cool yeah i thought well, i'd say that before you ask your question of me yeah well i'm behind him now <laughs> now that's official um <laughs> i hope we don't have a lot more changes you know i think if we are to make a play for the eight we need a um sort of have somewhat of a consistent lineup going forward so yeah. fingers crossed yeah. you want a question yeah may as well okay I wanted to. I know you love talking about Origin, um, <laughs> Reese Walsh, and I know you love talking about Reese Walsh as well. So, yeah, um, Gus Gould came out labeling the um, selection of Reese Walsh after seven NRL games. He labeled it a disgrace and said it was almost like throwing him under the bus. Um, they did have other options. They could have played Valentine Holmes at fullback, and and they had other wing options. Um, but what do you think? Do you agree with Gus? Do you think it's a bit soon? And, and do you think it will have a positive or negative effect on his development? Um, I know we talked about it a little bit earlier and last week. Um, I, I don't say it's a disgrace like Gould. I think yeah. it reeks of the desperation Paul Green has to get Queensland um, back in, in shape. I, I know we said after the last game that changes needed to be made if Queensland were to be competitive against what is a scarily stacked New South Wales team. Um, mm. it's I still think it's too early in the guy's career. Um, like I said, seven games. Um, but as a Warriors fan, I'm also excited at the experience he can get. In, in, a di- in an ideal situation, I would have liked him to have gone to Origin Camp and being there but not hit the play like if you yeah. had um if you go back a few years when you had like billy slater and stuff at fullback if you had him in the camp just learning off the camera smiths the billy slaters um i think it would have been great for him that's not what's happened i'm hoping that he could still get that same atmosphere off everybody and i hope he hits it out of the park um i think we saw we didn't touch on it in the knights game but they were pressuring him all night, and if they weren't kicking balls down his throat, they were hitting him late and hitting him hard, mm. um, dropping dropping knees on him in the tackle, which I didn't like. Yeah. Um, so there was a lot of guys really putting it to him, but he's a, he's a tough little bugger. Um, he, he keeps getting up. Um, I'm hoping it has a positive effect, but I can definitely see if – what I don't think it will have a negative effect because we've seen him in some – let's be honest, embarrassing performances from the Warriors team. So I don't think going out, if if Queensland go out there and get smoked like they did in the first game, 
it's nothing worse than what he's experienced as a warrior already. So I don't yeah. think it will knock him. And a, a thing Paul Green said in his selection was one of the key factors was Reese Walsh will have, he'll make a mistake, but he'll go out there on the very next set and play like he plays. He won't, he won't go in on himself and um, cower from the challenge, which I think that that attitude alone is what will um, benefit him regardless of the result in origin, I think. So I'm coming in as a very optimistic Warriors fan and a hopeful Queensland fan um, that we'll, we'll see it work for him. I really hope so. If it derails him, it will be very upsetting that potentially one of the next superstars of the NRL um, got thrown to the wolves. But yeah, I've got confidence in him. Oh, look, this is a boyhood dream for him, so I've got no doubt he, he's going to give it a red-hot go. And he's a confident young lad. Um, I think he's the second least experienced origin player selected behind Ben Eichen, yeah. I think, was selected after four games or something like that. Four so games. Yeah, Ben Eichen made it after four, and he's in there after seven. Um, pretty pretty crazy, but I'm sure he's going to give it a red-hot go. And, and even as a New South Wales fan, I, I hope he goes really well. Yeah, it further puts the pressure on Kevin Walters as well, I think. Yeah. Um, they they let this kid go. They didn't see him as a potential future fullback for the um, for the Broncos, and he's gone, and after seven games is playing for Queensland. Um, it would be pretty pretty bitter pill to swallow, I think. But, um, yeah, we may as well keep talking about Origin since you love it so much. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> Let's let's go into state of origin two and our picks. Um, there's actually two games. Um, we haven't covered it very often, but Friday first is the Queensland women versus New South Wales. Um, I didn't have a lot of backing on that, but I think Queensland will win that just due to the fact that Brisbane have been so dominant in the women competition, and it's essentially their their team. Um, but the the main game is on Sunday, which we see there yep. in our, our nice little picture um, at SunCorp Stadium. Um, I know you've picked Queensland in this game, um, which is a very <laughs> bold move of you, but I'm going with Queensland here because you have to. <laughs> it's a, it's at Suncorp. Um, I'm one one behind in the tips, and I'm confident that um, I, I it's that Walsh factor. I, I love the kid. It, it's probably getting to um, restraining order levels. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping that they at least are competitive. That sounds a bit defeatist, but if you look at that team from New South Wales, that team is scary. I think if you saw that announced as the Kangaroos, you wouldn't bat an eyelid. Um, yeah, that team is crazy stacked. Um, but the, the the Queensland team has faced adversity against a big team before and come out and then they might surprise. So yeah, I'm edging with them. Um, but yeah, it's going to be very exciting to watch Reese Walsh at least. Yeah. You know what? Um, I think history tells you that even if New South Wales have a good win game one, Queensland don't tend to take back to back big losses. You know, they, and I think they, I, from what I read, they all reviewed, the game they all sat down and watched the game and and had some harsh criticisms of themselves after that session um i think they're they're going to be up for this game they're going to be firing so 
I don't think you're going to see the same sort of scoreline we did in game one. Said that I see too much class in, in New South Wales team. I think they, they might close out the series here. Um, but I don't think it's going to be anything like game one. I think it may be a lot yeah. closer, especially in at Suncorp. Yeah, definitely. Um, I had some Super League news, but we're going a bit long here, so I might hold that for next week. The only, um, rather than the results, the only thing I'll really touch on is George Williams, um, released by the Raiders, obviously. Um, it's been announced he will not be returning to Wigan, um, despite coming back to Wigan being part of the terms of his release. Um, Warrington are favourites to sign him. Um, with Warrington also interested in keeping Blake Austin and Gareth Wood, it would be interesting um, what happens there. That just shows me that they're potentially losing Wood. That's how I would see it. But, um, yeah, Wigan's CEO came out and said that George Williams spoke with him and basically said, I know I promised I'd come back to you guys, but there's another team offering more money. Um, so I'd rather go there. And he said they didn't want to force him, saying they don't want a player that's heart's not in playing for Wigan. Um, so, yeah, I understand it. Um, I wouldn't really want a player that's there because you're forcing him. So yeah. I, I get it. Um, but, yeah, and Simon's also said England and All-Stars play this weekend in a rep round. But there's also Super League matches playing at the same time, which is interesting. Um, yeah, you think they would give them the week off, um, much like the. <laughs> I I don't know, um, but we'll we'll cover. Uh, I'll cover the round eleven games and the England All Stars game next week, um, since we're running out a bit of time. Um, we'll have time next week because obviously there's no NRL games, so um, we'll have a bit more time to talk about that. Um, cause I don't want Richard to talk for an hour about origin. So, um, <laughs> anything you want to say before we sign off, Richie? No, just as always, thanks to everybody for the comments. Um, you're going to, we're going to have a bit of time on, on our hands this weekend, Brad, what are you going to do with yourself? Um, I think I'll have to spend time with family since they haven't seen me for months. Um, Good call. we'll, we'll work it out, but, um, <laughs> Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for tuning in and joining us on the standoff with Brad and Richie for your weekly update on Rugby League. Tune in to our show next week at 8 p.m. here on Facebook or at your convenience on iHeartRadio. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. Thanks again for joining me, Richie, and good night, everyone. Cheers. Cheers, all. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 